Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. You will die only to live again in a younger body. Then you can tell me if the operation was a success. I could easily kill you now. But I'm determined to have your brain. You're listening to the Really Awful Movies podcast, a celebration of genre cinema. Started as a study of human aggression. It led to experiments on primates. But something went wrong. From our downtown Toronto headquarters, here's episode 451 of the Really Awful Movies podcast. Shakma, monkey see, monkey do. And you could do a lot worse than Shakma. It's um, mostly competent and occasionally a very silly entry into the canon of killer primate movies. You know, I have, I have a soft spot for these kinds of films, and there, there are quite a few of them, to be honest. Like, of course, you've got yeah, the adjacent. I think you can the you can slot the King Kong movies into this, the Ape Man with uh, Bella Lugosi from the I think the early '40s, and by way of introduction, I think I can trace my interest back to the beastly orangutan creature in the uh, Poe short story, A Murders in the Rue Morgue. Now, closer to our time, I think mid '60s, there's Night of the Bloody Apes, which is a pretty bedlam Mexican horror and it features a, a mad scientist doing an ape-to-human heart transplant to cure leukemia, which is extremely weird as that's a bone marrow disease. But we don't turn to these kinds of films for instruction in the biological sciences or to be, uh, you know, uplifted in that regard. Uh, Of course, there's um, Monkey Shines, which has one of the best decks or subheaders in the entire pantheon of horror, bested only by... House 2, the second story, which is sheer genius, and that's Monkey Shines, an experiment in fear. I mean, if that doesn't wet your horror whistle, I don't know what will. Uh, I also revisited Congo fairly recently, adapted from the, um, from the novel by Michael Crichton, and it was far better, well not far better, but it was marginally better than I don't remember it being, as I barely have any recall of it at all. But Laura Linney, as, as per usual, was dynamite, and Tim Curry was a hammier than Thanksgiving glaze. Uh, but still, all in all, kind of a fun creature feature. And one that's shot its way up into one of my faves already is uh, Primal Rage, which is uh, which features a research scientist played by Bo Svensson, who's working on a mysterious cure for dementia, uh, some sort of uh, Fakakta protein he's developing, and there's predictably uh, haywire results. Uh, that one gets me is there's an intrepid you know, journalist writing for the school paper and uh, basically uh, you know gunning for a scoop. As an aside. Uh, while I was in journalism school myself, I didn't write for the school paper ever, as I was, I was kind of bummed out and depressed and unmotivated. 
But what I was doing was developing side projects that eventually morphed into nonfiction book projects. And I was teaming up with uh, some of my colleagues and classmates to write uh, humor websites and do basically anything but journalism. Uh, it's, it's kind of a miracle I've been a functioning journalist now and for this, this many years, given my rather inauspicious uh, beginnings in the field. Uh, when it comes to monkeying around in this genre, I, I, I think it was from 1986, there's In the Shadow of Kilimanjaro. I saw that one when I was quite young. Uh, and that one features starving baboons on a rampage. And uh, the only thing I really remember is, I mean, it wasn't greatly filmed. It didn't have the exactly terrific cinematic look, but I remember the, it was quite authentic in terms of scene setting and one of the few in their own habitat. So I think this was lensed in Nairobi, Kenya. There's a bunch of people barricading themselves indoors. And I think there's a, it was a mining project and a bunch of miners are fighting the baboons too. So it's pretty ridiculous and everyone's trying to escape the uh, rampaging creatures. Speaking of baboons, uh, that's the species that's wrecking havoc in the movie Shackma. Uh, this is kind of a weird setup, but kudos uh, right off the bat uh, that this movie takes us into a brain surgery. So and it's quite gory and, and quite gross and it's uh, really up close. So setting a tone in horror is really vital and giving us some bloody visuals and awesome way to engage with people like right off the bat like credits are are uh, rolling and uh, right away we got some bloodletting because this is a relatively bloodless film but it's kind of a cool way by way of introduction to get people uh, in now uh, we're in the operating theater and med students are watching neurosurgery and while their minds should be on well the mind or brains they're more concerned inexplicably about LARPing, like live action role playing in the research facility that they're inhabiting. It's this uh, 10 story, a brutalist edifice somewhere in Florida. I think this was lensed in uh, Orlando. So, so this is another, like Primal Rage with Bo Svensson, another ridiculous killer monkey movie uh, filmed in, uh, in central Florida. Um, anyway, these med students are all excited about this this weird treasure hunt. It's, it's almost kind of, it's, well, it's LARPing, but it's, it almost has this kind of escape room type uh, conceit. Uh, so, so it's this elaborate game that's taking place throughout the facility and it's being overseen by Professor Sorensen, the game master. And uh, he's played by Roddy McDowell. Like, I don't know, is this like an elaborate Planet of the Apes in-joke? Who, who knows? Um, McDowell, as Professor Sorensen, gives us some neat uh, telegraphing earlier on in the film as we see him locking doors to various rooms as he's doing prep work for this big, crazy game. Uh, unfortunately for all concerned, the monkey wrench, as it were, is thrown into their plans and that uh, an experimental lab baboon is given an experimental drug. I think it's something to do with norepinephrine as a means of reducing the aggression in these creatures, but of course it backfires. Uh, funny that, always the case in these movies. Uh, what would we do without avant-garde animal experimentation in, in films? Like it helped make the aforementioned uh, Primal Rage really awesome. And this one is kind of a fun little, little uh, creature feature too. Like uh, the baboon after whom uh, Shakma is, is named is none too happy with getting this uh, experimental shot. Uh, and 
the professor actually suggests after he gets goes a little crazy the 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 baboon that is not the professor suggests that uh, one of his underlings puts it down and given that this is a horror film and the fatal dose could have been administered but wasn't well really doing so would have saved a lot of lives and really a lot of headaches as it turns out now the heroes in Shakma are all med students or a post-grad whatever research fellows and they include uh, the acting duo of Christopher Atkins and Amanda Weiss playing Sam and Tracy. Uh, Atkins was in this really, really dumb Brooke Shields movie where he's, I think she's his girlfriend and they're stranded on some tropical paradise and, and basically just doff their clothes and go around swimming. And I think that's what really uh, uh, pushed the appeal of that one almost exclusively, like just seeing good looking nude people. And, and uh, Amanda Weiss, meanwhile, was Tina in the Nightmare on Elm Street movie, which is cool. And she's actually really good here. And the cast is actually pretty game. They, the, the research personnel basically, basically roam the halls of this research facility playing whatever this LARPing uh, kind of weird escape room game. Uh, and, and it, it, this game also features a lot of enigmatic clues and there's also some sort of weird antenna homing device type thing. The game is kind of weird to explain, but it's developed by this like uh, Francis Ford Coppola looking guy who shows the screen and shows all the different rooms and all the stuff that's in it. So it's amazing if they put actually as much effort into their research as they did the game, they could probably make some real breakthroughs, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Uh, uh, the conceit of the communicating, like all the principles playing this game, and I'm going to segue into what I learned here. They're all communicating to one another as they roam the halls through walkie-talkies. And boy, does this get exhausting. Like, I was over it. Over. Over. Uh, uh, <laughs> of course. Like, really quickly, I was, I was over that as a conceit. It's just really, like, frustrating. And it's weird to consider what was going on in the heads of the screenwriters, as that's a difficult thing to have an audience uh, cope with. It gets, it's, gets quite annoying. Uh, another thing is the near-constant... Uh, opening and closing of doors in this multifaceted uh, research facility corridors like the, these doors are really really shoddily constructed and they seem really shaky and it sort of undermines the uh, the horrific aspects in some respects when we're looking at how cheaply this film was uh, you know was put together like basically you have this uh, Shakma baboon systematically eliminating the med students and the survivors are compelled to run around and try and outsmart our closest mammalian relative through like increasingly uh, fatuous, silly ways. Like in one instance, I think Tracy grabs a flash pot with the idea to temporarily blind Shakma, but after it fails to work, and they're carrying this thing around for a while, like I think Sam just grabs it and hurl, hurls it down the hallway. Like I don't know what that's meant to, to do. To, uh, to placate or, or like get the baboon off their trail. It's so ridiculous. And Sam instructs his, um, I think they're a love interest, but Tracy to distract Shakma and variously keep him busy. In uh, there's a, a pretty evocative scene where actually Sam comes face to face with Shakma, who uh, is, I, th I think they have a long relationship as a researcher to a lab animal and it's quite effective he puts his hands up and it's one of the few instances where you actually have 
the the beast coming face to face as opposed to just uh, Shakma hurtling itself into various doors, like with it, trying to broach them with his uh, throwing a shoulder into it, which is actually quite cool and quite uh, quite effective. And now, speaking of which, there are actually some uh, deceptively cool and dare I say subtle moments that actually provide some frights. Like I, I really. I really thought like the clanging elevator doors on the dead body of uh, one of the colleagues was was really really well done and then they eventually dragged the body out and there was that was quite emotionally charged and there's a certain gravitas that comes that is brought to the proceedings when Sam puts I think a towel over the head of one of Shakma's victims it's 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 dignified and it's rarely that the this kind of attention is paid to the deceased in a horror film. So kudos to that, because they didn't want to have, I guess, their ex, the deceased colleagues, you know, eyes looking at them or whatever. But it, it was kind of cool that that little attention to detail was neat. Uh, another thing I learned is that Roddy McDowell seems to be having a lot of fun in this role as, as Sorensen and the kind of head researcher. Like, and it's obviously something he did for a paycheck, given his age in this one. This is early 90s horror. Now, in one instance, McDowell is the, as the game master and senior member of the research team here, the head clinician, who's also overseeing this elaborate game. This, this, this really detailed game, he said, let, let, he says something to the effect of, let the game begin. And he does this kind of pirouette in the hallway. So he is, he is really like, he adds a certain liveliness to the proceedings. And I think it's quite... It's, it's quite fun. Like, he's having fun in the role. And I, I think I mentioned in another podcast that n not every animal attacks subgenre can claim a classic. So when you look, I, th I specifically called out snakes as there isn't a really uh, quintessential, you know, as I can see it. I mean, maybe people would beg to differ, but there's no quintessential killer snake movie in the way that there are two for fish, uh, Piranha and of course the inestimable and all-time classic Jaws. Uh, it wasn't the case for bears either because Grizzly was silly and stupid until the gripping Canadian psychological horror Backcountry came out I think in 2016 which really was I, I think very very well done and I think one of the better animals run amok films ever made. Now, certainly there's room for someone to create the definitive Killer Monkey movie, as I, I don't think it exists. Like, uh, the best of the bunch is Monkey Shines and Experiment in Fear, but it's it's by no means, it's not, I mean, you could say it's it's the greatest of the great ape flicks, but it's by no means super compelling. Uh, there's a great chimp in uh, Dario Argento's Phenomena with uh, Donald Pleasance, uh, obviously from Halloween, but that's not a killer monkey film per se. It just happens to have a really great uh, chimp in it. So anyone, I mean, there's a call. Anyone is welcome to tackle this genre and give us the best of the best killer monkey movie. Uh, it's it's a subgenre that should take on great resonance, like much like a killer dog movies like A Man's Best Friend or Cujo do. It's because... We, we recognize ourselves in pets and, and creatures that are our closest relatives. Uh, you know, similarity breeds, I guess, uh, contempt in this case. But sharing most of our DNA and looking into their faces, it means these kinds of films have the potential to, to resonate and emotionally and go deeper than the standard dead-eyed uh, man-eating croc in, in something like um, a Rogue or, or a Crawl or one of these films. Like... 
Uh, when it comes to Shakma, I think there's enough good to outweigh the bad. And this is a borderline for me, three out of five. Probably more accurately, two and three quarters, because there's a lot of good elements, but then there's a lot of just... Uh, silliness and I think this could have benefited although I can appreciate it might have been a technical challenge to get the baboon closer in proximity to some of the victims as opposed to just the long hallway shots but they do a lot with actually very little and I think there's a lot to commend this one and uh, I think there are little nuggets of uh, really cool things like there's a scene where I think Tracy hides in this uh, in this cabinet of drawers and you see Shakma like reaching in with a paw or hand or whatever. And it's really cool how uh, Sam lures Shakma into another room so that he can, uh, he, can, he can help his girlfriend escape. There's little kind of subtle moments and the, the film makes a pretty good use of quiet, I think, uh, to help uh, advance the proceedings and make things uh, quite compelling. Anyway, hope you enjoyed the show. We're going to certainly revisit the animal kingdom again and hopefully crown a champion a creature run a muck flick i mean the, there's so many to go through there's a lot of low budget ones on tubi and whatnot and i'm, I'm certainly going to engage with uh, the uh, monkeys run a muck genre too because i've only really seen uh, the, the ones that uh, everyone's seen and there's a lot of uh, ones i've probably overlooked anyway talk to you soon take care mm -hmm.